You're listening to Two Beers Until Phrenesis, a philosophy podcast by students and graduates. Whether you've never heard of philosophy or have a philosophy PhD, we hope you enjoy these conversations as we discuss some of life's big questions over a few beers. Enjoy. Okay, so this episode, I'm here with Nye. Hello. Hello. And Sam. Hello. And Joe. Hello. And there's fucking way too many of us in this little room with this tiny, shitty mic. So uh, we're going to be talking about pseudoscience, superstition, and alternative medicine. And we're going to try and be as level-headed as possible, um, because I think most of us have relatively critical views of these things. Yes. Yes. Um, so should we should we start with the definition so that people know what we mean when we say things like yeah, pseudoscience? What the fuck are you talking about? What's the what's the thing? Well, no, you had a definition, didn't you? Well, I can give you one. <laughs> no, it's just, well, no, just, just sitting in the corner drinking now. For he week, had a it? definition. He's gone. But it doesn't but anymore. Pseudoscience is stuff that is claiming to be to be to use certain empirical methods that it, it doesn't like something yeah like astrology like yeah so astrology will claim that it's using an evidence-based system to you know mm. prove its claim but it's it's not it's not science at all it's not using a scientific process to scientific method to verify it okay so psychology is also a pseudoscience under that definition or at least i've i've heard it around uni called a pseudoscience in a technical sense, I think, I think the problem is it's, it is a pejorative label. Yeah, um, it is inherently a pejorative label, and I don't think psychology, to a great extent, does that. I think there are many aspects to psychology which are scientific and do use studies and large. You know. Yeah, I, I think the difference with psychology is that it doesn't operate out of a paradigm. It doesn't have any established theory that it works from. That the, there's a consensus within. The, well, it's more like an exploration. They're not saying these are the things. I, think, in the I, 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 I mean, I, I don't. I haven't studied psychology, so I don't know. But I think it's the case that there's not enough consensus on fundamental paradigmatic beliefs within the. Well, so there's fields like psychometrics, and psychometrics, for example, is mostly where you're literally getting data based on what people do and how people react to certain things. Um, so psychometric research would be stuff like where you get stuff from like the big five from, which is where they try to figure out what is a statistically significant um, aspect of someone's personality. And it's like no matter how many tests you give people, no matter different times, it does seem to be that f- you can measure five distinct traits. So there are certain aspects to it where you can say, well, there is this st- statistically significant thing that is emerging from um, a load of data, which you find in something like psychometrics and then say broader psychology would pick up on certain aspects of something like psychometrics or sociology or like studies that are based on people's behavior or observations based on people's behavior or clinical um, studies and then they would use that to try and build a picture or a theory of how people operate and that's that's what i would say psychology how it operates to a greater extent so it is trying to like work in a scientific tradition as it is Trying, yeah, yeah. Try, it, trying, trying to find something, test something, think, yeah, and yeah. prove something. There's no doubt that it uses the scientific method, but what it doesn't have is like the theory of relativity to underpin it. It doesn't have those things. That would be like the big five almost. That, that's, they're trying mm. to boil it down, but it's like, like the theory of relativity. It's like if you don't, if you look at like Newtonian physics before, that, that, that was like the accepted laws. Yeah, and they went, oh, that's not true. So it's probably the same with well, psychology. You've got to remember, relativity is a theory. And this is the same, yeah, yeah. This is the same issue. They're theories. So they're <clears throat> ideas about how the world works that have ways in which they can be tested, but they're still theories. They're not like, you know... They're, they're, um, open they're not infallible. Yes, they're open yeah. to be disproved. They're open to be tested further and perhaps adapted for better theories in the, in the future. Um, and, you know, many models in psychology do the same sort of thing. Have you ever read um, Thomas Kuhn? Oh, is this the, is that the the uh, scientific revolution? Yeah, structure of scientific revolutions like, um, was his book, and he yeah. came up with the idea. He basically coined the term paradigm shift. Yeah, and just oh, yeah, okay. yeah. So basically, basically, yeah. he says there have been three paradigms within science: um, Newtonian physics, and, yeah. and you know, being one of them. So um, before that, Aristotelian physics, and the, these were the frameworks we operated in. And science works by 
continually trying to disprove the paradigm it's it's in. It has to, but it has yeah, to work yeah. within that paradigm to give to have some kind of basis of where you're coming from. You know, you can't just go. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to use kilograms. I'm. Well, you have to study the paradigm because, like, the way I think wasn't it the Kuhn looked at those. He went. What you have to do is use scientific methods to study the paradigm that you're in or that you believe you're in yeah. as well as you can. And then eventually you get to the point where you study it and you go, oh, actually, oh, actually, that's not true. And then you see something that it completely changes yeah, the way you Yeah, hence, hence the scientific revolution yeah. in which a new paradigm is adopted. But yeah, before we get going on tangents about that kind of stuff, I'm not critical of psychology or anything. And I wanted to talk. Yeah, talking, a lot, talking a lot of smack about psychology. Right? <laughs> no, 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 no. Coming over here. I'm saying, yes, yeah, psychology is a, in that sense, is, is only like a, a technical <clears throat> exclusion from from science, yeah. Even even though it is well, there's, more there's many. Science. You can pick any arbitrary field and say, "Is that pseudoscience?" But yeah. at, the end, at the end of the day, the, the problem is with labelling something as pseudoscience. Is it's claiming that psychology, for example, to take psychology, it's like claiming that, <clears throat> say, like psychological theories are based in nothing, or that they have no foundation from when where these theories are coming from, which are, you know is not necessarily true. They often are coming from logical places, or they often are hypotheses or theories or whatever. The same way. You know, relativity is a theory, but it is based on a lot of mathematics and a lot of ideas that were leading up to um, many of those things. So, you know, I, I think the problem is like I, pseudoscience has become a term that is generally used to designate yeah. things that are. Yeah. So, there's only one science, and that's crystals. <laughs> you don't yeah. believe? But yeah, I wanted to talk more about. Um, Mediumship and astrology and yes. that kind of stuff. Now it's the proper bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that could make out against you. Okay. <laughs> um, so, has anybody had any experiences with? I've that? had I've had people tell me my horoscopes. Now people like is that newspapers? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. And no, I mean like I'm like I mean like someone will go, oh, my horoscopes. And this one will go, God, then what does mine say? And it's like. You will either have a, a you will have a life changing moment that you're like, oh yes, <laughs> like fucking everything's a life changing moment. But yeah. it does; it makes you look out for them, and then you see something which is like a normal event, and then you attribute it backwards. Yeah, like yeah. self fulfilled yeah, yeah. prophecies. Yeah. That's effectively how it works. And with more impressionable people, it's going to have more of an impact. Like I read an article; I think it was actually on the BBC. I say news with a um, wider sense of the word, given that it was on there. There's about a woman who basically got addicted to these astrology articles to the point where she literally lost her job and was like, had like newspapers all around the wall with contradictory, obviously horoscopes. And then but she could relate to every single one because they're so vague. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that impressionable, you can draw events from your life. Look mm. back. And then you, once you're in there, you don't really get out. I think once you start putting like, once you've got the third fucking horoscope yeah. stuck to the wall that's the point <laughs> that's the point where you're like oh yeah I've actually lost it yeah, you've got three different horoscopes you would think but you know what are those th- what are they called Barnum statements yeah. it's, it's, I think it's Barnum paradoxes Barnum statements Barnum questions um, Barnum yeah. Barnum um, and it's, it's the idea is yes you, you make a statement you make a proposition that has all the possible outcomes of the proposition within the sentence so it's yeah it's like it's you say something and it's impossible for the person to interpret the sentence as anything other than yes that's me because yeah, you've, yeah. you've in- loaded the question full of mm-hmm. well you know opposites of this thing so like you know for example if you wanted to make a statement about someone being either an extrovert or an introvert you've done the classic example this is this is from darren brown is he, he'll say something like well um when you go to parties um, you're both, you know, you're both a bit social, you know, you're a bit socially anxious, a bit withdrawn. You don't, you know, you're a bit hesitant to like necessarily, you know, just go go out for that. But you know, you enjoy the company. You like being, you know, you don't mind being in the atmosphere, being around people, that sort of thing is fine. Um, and that sort of thing. And it's like, well, most people start to interpret that as. And the further you go into that, and I'm not, you know, I can't remember the, the that example word for word and exactly how he words it. But it's like there's ways in which you can construct these sentences that would appeal to both the extrovert yeah. in that scenario and the introvert in that scenario. And then suddenly you've got the polar opposites of those personality types captured in <clears throat> the same thing. Yeah. However you listen to that, you're going to interpret that as, oh, that's me. Because, you know, either you're an introvert or an extrovert, whatever you are, it'll have that part of the statement reflecting part of you in it. Um, so yeah. yeah. It's like confirmation bias, isn't it? Yeah. You, 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 you take the stuff yeah. that's like fitting you and then you disregard all the other stuff and that. 
Yeah, exactly. And that you disregard, say if you're an introvert, you disregard the extroverted aspects of that statement and go, oh yeah, but the introverted parts of that statement, yeah, those yeah. are definitely yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's roughly how a Barnum statement works. And they, yeah, they use them a lot in like tariff reading. and yeah. yeah, and I think if you're the kind of person who's already looking at a horoscope, you're probably likely to believe, you're, I mean, you're looking for something to believe at that point. So, yeah. Anything else have we ever come across? I mean, we used to do our... Paranormal investigations. <laughs> you can give us the acronym there. I'll, I'll give you the acronym. <laughs> Paranormal investigate. What's it? Paranormal uh, enforcement, enforcement and ne- negotiation. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. And okay. Investigation squad. <laughs> I like negotiation. Yeah. Negotiation is like you know. Negotiation with the poltergeist. <laughs> um, just just so we could say the word penis, really. Yeah. And that was when we were in high school, and it was mostly an excuse to eat curry. But we did. Dabble in a couple of seances. We had a Ouija board and uh, a bit of black magic. Of course, we never fucking Ouija board. We never found anything. We were just trying to get your dead uncle. Who was it? It was. It was. Well, he wasn't. I think he was technically my great uncle. I knew him as my uncle, um, who who had died fairly recently. I think at the time, <laughs> for some reason, oh, no. we thought we would be a, a prime. I don't want to say target. I'm not really sure what the word is. To to resurrect and <laughs> shock horror to no success. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we didn't sacrifice enough people. Yeah, you go or yeah, Not enough curry on the. On not the enough curry. <laughs> I think we turned out the lights and then a, a bus started up at the bus stop and then we went, oh, fucking Joe's. <laughs> fucking Joe's uncle on the bus. Yeah. Man, good days, good days. Yeah. Unfortunately, like my, my experiences mostly with a lot of the you know, new agey kind of stuff have been family, friends, and examples where it has been really harmful. And actually caused like people to die and that sort of thing. Oh um, shit! Yes, yeah, one example was um, so like homeopathy. Um, um, a friend of my stepmom, she yeah. <clears throat> she had breast cancer, and yeah, she was really into the alternative medicine stuff. And she could have definitely they caught it early. These days, survival rate is quite high. If you catch it that early, she probably would have been fine. Bit of chemo, that sort of thing. Um, and she had a family she had a husband she had two kids and it's like but she still was so obsessed with the alternative medicine that sort of stuff she went she even went to America I think to, to get you know some special alternative medicine all that sort of thing to heal her and she died yeah and you know you've left two kids and a husband and you've left a family and it's like you know and at that point for me it's like yeah it, that can cause quite severe damage okay should um, we should we explain what homeopathy is as well um, homeopathy is, is funded by the NHS at the moment well, they spend yeah. several million to, on to it to be fair though it's like placebo is the most powerful yeah it's, it's, it's the most powerful yeah, healing thing so true. it's a pretty legit like yeah. if, if, if it's something that's capable of being healing by the body like not, not cancer yeah not breast cancer cancer's not great because yeah. it's the body I mean, yeah, to, to, to an extent right yeah, it's we, like yeah your body can just heal itself <laughs> and if you believe in the treatment and if you're going and you're doing like a a legit ritual. Yeah, and like you're, you're, you're firing up your like body's natural way of healing. So it's like yeah, it's it might be- work for something. It's so better that. than a sugar pill. Yeah, yeah, because um, there's yeah, there's more to it. Um, but I think several million, given the state of the NHS, on placebos is yeah, fuck the NHS. <laughs> <laughs> but like strong <laughs> statement. Fuck it out. But maybe we should explain why we think homeopathy is is bad. Anyway, like... Well, uh, I'm not going to say that because... I mean... Because it's pseudoscience. Yeah, so... Hey, hey. It's... It's not based on any verified facts. So, the problem with these kinds of new-agey medicines and things is, obviously, that they're not based on any kind of science. We'll say that... Well, we'll get into that, maybe. But they also... Uh, they have no proof behind them that they work. I don't know, homeopathy's been shown and so, same with same with sympathy with things been shown to be pretty fucking effective. Okay. Just not just not for like cancer and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you listening, Joe is just unpackaging a pasta salad. But now is the perfect time for like I do apologise, I didn't think it'd be like that. A delicious crunchy bit of clean thing. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna read I'm gonna read the definition because Homeopathy is a system of complementary medicine in which ailments are treated by minute doses of natural substances that in larger amounts would produce symptoms of the ailment. 
So it's like if you have cancer, that you give you a little bit of cancer water, and they water that down. I mean, to be and fair, they, yeah, they water that down. That is how vaccines things. essentially work. Yeah, yeah, of course. But it's like you can't vaccinate yourself against like fucking meningitis, can you? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. I don't know, can you? Might actually have to. It's like picture. I mean, you definitely first. can't vaccinate yourself against cancer because yeah, cancer just doesn't work at all. Yeah, it's, like a, that. it's a bodily thing, isn't it? So things like um, crystal sound activation and Reiki. There's no established, peer-reviewed scientific journal that's ever found any evidence that they were any better than a, a placebo. Yeah, but placebo is fucking legit, though. So it's like, it's they work better than placebo. Placebo is like one of the most effective forms of medicine. Mm. So it's like, if you if the if the basis is like, not that I'm a fan of Reiki or crystals, but if it's like no worse than placebo, that's still like very very good. Because that's what they test all pills against. They test all pills and they have to beat the placebo test. And they go, like, is it better than placebo? And a lot of them aren't. Yeah. Because placebo is just fucking yeah. legit. I just think, rather than turn to acupuncture... Ooh, acupuncture pretty good, apparently. Well, someone died the other week from acupuncture because they used bee stings and they were allergic. To- <laughs> oh, dude, that, that's a fuck up. That's like a... I mean, that, it just does sound like natural selection at that point. <laughs> you, wait, you sign up for the bee sting extra and then they go like... I mean, if they didn't know they were allergic, okay, but if yeah, they did... Pretty, but then they test... They, you test you're you tested when you're born, aren't you? So you're tested for, like, peanut allergy and bee allergy, and then you get EpiPens and shit. Yeah. I mean, so the moral conundrum here is, at what point does a the, the delusion of a placebo that has a whole framework around it become justified in, you know, in actually helping people to believe in a placebo, as opposed to the fact that when it goes too far, and then people, you know, take it too seriously to try and heal yeah, well, surely, surely the best approach is to try legitimate medicine first. Surely those are better than placebos I, anyway. I don't know, but like, what do you define as legitimate medicine? Because legitimate medicine are things that cause things like like massive opioid problems. So it's like like the forms of legitimate medicine that we have are just like a lot of highly medical treatments like opioid-based... So, re- so Reiki is a way of massaging someone without touching them. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sticking up for Reiki. I think I Reiki, know, I know, but I, th- I think Reiki is like at that they, point they tell you to shut your eyes, they walk out of the room for five minutes, and then you pay them like fifty quid. Yeah, but at that point, is not just better to get a massage. I know some people. Now, do some people do say, okay, Reiki, yeah, yeah. Reiki, um, regardless of whether or not they believe in chakras and points of energy that could be channeled by people with special powers that can yeah. channel it. Um, they say that... Rakists. Can we call them rakists? <laughs> we can maybe call them rakists. <laughs> but a lot of people think that they, they'd they rather be touched... They'd rather be non-touched by a rakist than, <laughs> than touched by a rapist. That's the metric it's measured successfully against. Would you rather get attacked on a street by a monster? No, no. <laughs> what I mean is a lot of people... It's not bad when you consider being raped. <laughs> no, what I, what I mean is a lot of people don't like being touched... And they, they wouldn't want to be in a room with someone, and, and but they do have backache, so they'd rather somebody channels the energies than actually touch them and administer chiropractic medicine. That's bare weird. The, my other problem with these chiropractic things, medicine's also like it's found that it's bollocks. It's literally snake oil salesman found with it. Really? Yeah. So that's just like pseudoscience that has become so effective that we've just gone, oh, that's that's legit. That's now part of it. So well, it's like, I, I maybe, have... maybe Reiki, after its magical effects, not again that I believe in Reiki, but maybe that, like, ten years down the line would be, like, just an accepted thing. Are you sure? I, I don't know, I haven't looked yeah, into it yet, but there's just so much. It's literally just a guy who went around the Old West just cracking people, and then, <laughs> he, went, and then he went, like, oh, yeah, apparently this works. Obviously, yeah. like, like, now it's, like, basically completely different, because I imagine, like, sports, yeah, well, si- like, sports science massages. Because like, I genuinely know friends who've been helped out with back yeah. problems and stuff because of it. And I also know that you actually have chiropractors for horses. Yeah, and I, 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 know, I know how it started. Oh, it was just crazy, crazy you know? a queasy geezer just walked around. <laughs> yeah. But it yeah. must be based on... It is now, I think. Because yeah, there's, yeah, so yeah. there's so much sports science research. It's like they can just go back and... Yeah, yeah. Like they know so much more about the body than they do like 30 years yeah. ago. Yeah, so, but here's the other thing. Um, if the NHS wants to recommend or any doctor wants to recommend a placebo they know in which context placebos should be recommended and in which case other medicine should be like a medical yeah someone who practices reiki doesn't need any qualification i could literally just set myself up as a reikist i could i could just have a little office above a laundrette 
Anyone... So you always look like a rakist to me. <laughs> this goes for this so goes for beard. This goes for yoga. It goes for basically any alternative practice that isn't you can't get on the NHS. Well, I think can you do? Is the same with yoga? No zumba. You have to go like in some mad no, you, classes and shit. Uh, you, you, get, no, like... you can practice yoga. Doesn't matter. Oh, fair. Well, yeah. Fair I mean, it, it would help if your name was Raj instead of Dave, and it would help if you had Raj. if you had some sort of certificate. But you can just. You can just openly practice this stuff. And a lot of people like your relative or friend of relative, your relative. I can't remember who it was, sorry. Friend or family. Family, family friend. friend. Yeah. People like your family friend, they don't know this. They don't know that there aren't official channels for these people. They don't know. They don't really understand... Channels, sorry. All right. They, they don't really understand the process in which someone becomes... A doctor, as opposed to somebody who practices alternative medicine, they don't understand what it means to be peer-reviewed and to, to hold up against evidence and things. And I, I'm fine with people believing whatever nonsense they want and whatever things that may be true. But I think when you come to practice medicine on someone, you probably need to have more than I think this is true and I've got nothing really to back that up. Do you, do you guys know about the homeopathy dilution? stuff yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah, no, where it's, yeah where it's like so with homeopathy the point is you dilute a thing that's you know supposed to cure the thing and you keep diluting it and diluting and diluting it to like yeah. you know one part in a million one part in a million one part in a million um what's funny about a lot of these these dilutions is you know by the third or fourth dilution there is on average zero of the yeah. of any molecule of the original substance that was diluted by 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 the third or fourth point which is quite funny but and then obviously the defense that a lot of the homeopathists the, their defense became well yes we have diluted it to the point where there is not a single molecule of the original thing in the water anymore but the water has a proper memory property or you know some some ability to remember the molecule and the spirit of the the spirit of the original thing is in the water and that's what you know um, ends up uh, you know in in the final dilution but there's also and there was also funny enough there were some actual forged studies um to do with like homeopathy dilutions and, and water memory and things like this and I, I do remember that there was um one example where a where I can't remember any names but um, they essentially they published a paper that proved this dilute like water had a memory for this dilution and whatever blah 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 and then yes obviously it got you know it, it even got through peer review and whatever and then like you know years later um, they went back and were like oh this person was just literally cherry picking the results that they were making you know whether they were trying to find certain properties and yeah, it was it was absolute complete bollocks. But it's it's amazing how many times it's slipped through the net, and how many excuses keep coming up for this idea that well, water remembers the essence of the thing that was originally diluted. It's going to say like people in that sort of position, they do take on a responsibility to not circulate that kind of stuff. Like the whole anti-vax movement oh, can basically be traced yeah. back to one one guy who was a doctor, I believe. Who publishes paper that's since been discredited over and over and over right. because he gets picked up and he is in a position of authority in his respective field. The kind of credibility that he had, at least at the time, gets carried over. And I mean, look at it now; like we're literally starting to see traces of these previously eradicated diseases oh, yeah. what, now it, come uh, back. Just uh, because was people it, aren't... was it smallpox in America? Yeah, yeah. smallpox, literally. Yeah, measles as well. So it's not it's not just a danger to their own children, but it's literally endangering all other people who do vaccinate their kids it's because yeah. it's because people say that it gives like one of the big ones like it gives their children autism and it's like I mean, we've all got autism well, that was I, I mean yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean yeah, yeah like like love isn't it but it's like part of the thing with that is it's like that's just a symptom of the aging generation because that's just a like I found out that it's just like causal with if you as you get older and as you have children older that's uh, there's higher chance for people to have autism so it's just that's just what it is everyone's just having children later and later and later so as people go like oh that's happening I mean I, I don't know there's obviously stories of people who are like oh well my child was fine and then we had a vaccination and yeah. then something but it's like I think it's just there is a causal link between yeah. aging um, the, the older you, you you're pregnant and there is. the number of problems mm-hmm. associated with the pregnancy but the, pro- the, the autism thing is a, is a difficult one because of 
there could be so many factors that are contributing towards the rise in it's, rate of autism, yeah, including it's, the way it's, the diagnosis It's diagnosis, goes, yeah. it's diagnosis. Yeah. But, well, one thing that's popped into my head there was like the whole nut allergy thing, you know, like the, yes, yeah. the, the how people react to different medicine was like, you could have penicillin be fine, I, I could have penicillin and turn into gas <laughs> and, then it's like, and then it's like so I guess maybe, maybe there are actually some kids who have it and then it triggers something off but I, I think I don't like the way that they say like something is caused by something but um, yeah I think you're right it's fuck anti-vaxxers yeah weird people yeah triggers me pretty bad because that's pseudoscience though because they're literally taking one scientific paper ignoring the other 400 yeah. and then just choosing what they want to choose like. it does it does boggle my mind how this kind of mindset where you, you pick up on one very obscure discredited thing and you, Flat you stick to believe yeah for, space, for example space is fake yeah you stick to believe that <laughs> and you ignore all the other overwhelming evidence I don't understand genuinely how you get to that mental stage is it like attention or is it just I think a lot of people are dogmatic anti-authoritarianism I think a lot of people are dogmatic I don't think Maybe. I think if you want something to be true so strongly and this is the same for like any kind of religious fundamentalism the language of propositions and statements and whether things are true or not just aren't valid anymore. They sort of go in one ear and out the other because part, part of you just shuts that kind of stuff down mm. because you just really want this thing to be true and you'll find any kind of way to, to make it true. And I, I think I think lots of people are dogmatic about lots of different things. I, don't, I think it doesn't just extend to kind of metaphysical beliefs about fairies and ghosts and things. I actually knew somebody who believed in fairies genuine fairies that live, really? that live in the wilderness and live in gardens yeah. and things. I, I quite like that. It's quite I, nice. It's nice, isn't it? wholesome belief. It's harmful. It's, it's, it's harmless, isn't it? I like, the, I like the Japanese thing, not that I know much about it, but they believe that everything has, like, spirits and stuff and that there's, like, different spirits of things and that. Oh, yeah. That's quite a nice way of thinking about it. It, it makes you more at one with things. And I think another way to think about these ideas is that they, I think you've said this as well, they're functional yeah, so yeah. it's, it's uh, like yeah. functional narratives to fit certain heuristics that allow you to navigate through life a bit easier if you have a certain heuristic or a way to understand some a, a fairly deep, complex com- concept without having to have you know a very superficial way in which this concept is described to you. So, like the Bible has moral stories that. Right. people need it so well you know just to take this even without even having to use the bible like just telling a story if you have to describe to a child how to act good in a certain situation that they might find themselves in 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 the world um like you know how to be brave in the right situation or whatever the way you describe that to the child is not going to be you know in, in terms of like well if scenario a happens then you must you know and, and describe it in a completely abstract manner yeah, it's, like, it's going to be more poetic we learn through story we learn through we learn through that way, and it and also you can convey a deeper meaning um, and more information through story and through a certain narrative in a way that you tell things and the way you represent things. Um, it, at least partly because that's a lot of the way our minds work, and that's a lot of the way our, um, we've evolved and developed to be able to understand certain concepts that are related to story, that are related to people doing things, that are related to you know aspects that aren't so far abstracted from the object world that we end up losing, you know. Uh, understanding of quite complex moral dilemmas and that sort of thing. So I think when you were saying about flat earthers in that respect, I think they just want to feel as a community. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I think they feel alienated. Therefore, they want to be they want to own their outsider status. So they band together. Can, in we, that sense. can we call them flatties? <laughs> Flatties, rakists. My friend got an interesting theory about the whole flat Earth thing. In that, it started on four chan, wasn't it? That was that wasn't what he said. (laughs) (laughs) He reckons, and this is actually, I do kind of half believe this, or that it could happen. It was basically started as a kind of devil's advocate concept by genuine physicists, geophysicists, whatever, just to see could it work. Like, what would happen if the Earth was actually flat, and basically somehow got out of hand? (laughs) So people picked up on it. Well, again and genuinely either thought it was true or just latched onto it some other right. way and it gained momentum and got to kind of where it is now yeah. well it's, it's fun it's fun stuff like okay so we, in this scenario we can't have gravity because gravity yeah. can't be so well what's what's 
it's identical to the property of gravity, the fact that you're accelerating at a certain rate you know, through space. So it's like, oh, well, it has to be accelerating and a certain, you know, at 9.81 meters, you know, and that, then you get gravity again. And it's, it, it's like all, all this, like, really funny stuff where it's like, okay, so how can we gerrymander the properties of what we observe yeah. to try and, like, fit this, you know, hypothesis? Um, and you can go, you can go quite far with it, which is what's funny about it. But obviously, like the number of you know Occam's razor just has to go out the window because you have to start making so many assumptions about um, you know what you're doing and how you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just like it's like when we thought that they had like a geocentric view of the, of the like solar system, and then there's fucking crazy like astrolabes that showed like the way that the stars orbited, and they went, oh no, it's just the sun, and then everything just got simplified <laughs> down to like like. However, like nine rings or whatever. The thing about um, geocentrism over heliocentrism is that geocentrism actually works, and it it it's more of a functional truth in the way that it. Because so far yeah, as yeah. what you experience yeah, yeah, yeah. every day, that is the truth. It's yeah. only with instruments we we realize that. But cartographers used maps that were based on that, and they they work. And as far as science is concerned, a lot of the time it's more what's functional than true with a big capital T. Yeah. That's sort of what you were saying about the, the functional truth of something. It's like, like they figured out how to do it. They figured out how they can navigate because it doesn't matter really. As long as it works, it doesn't matter mm. yeah. about how they do it. But it's just like that, that point where they went, oh, yeah, this is much simpler if we just, like, like, like you were saying about uh, Kuna and like, if you shift your paradigm and go, oh, actually, no, it's just the other one. Yeah. You, yeah. You've got to remember, like, a behaviour in the sense that the way you can go about doing something... Does not the behaviour itself doesn't have to have a true intention for it to be a true behaviour. So you can, for example, go out to do something. Um, I'm trying to think of a good analogy. So you, it's you, difficult. You, you can but, like you can like not kill someone because you believe in heaven. Yes, but exactly. It's, yeah. But it's it's like it's good not to like kill random people anyway. Yeah, exactly. And it's, you shouldn't like. Yeah, but you can but use. Like, yeah, you, you can have the. I'm going to say you can have that as your truth. That you would get to heaven if you don't do that, and it was still yeah, fun. But it's like above above that truth is like the behavioural truth. Yeah, that you yeah, are yeah. acting in a truthful way. Yeah. but yeah. it's like the underlying reason for why you are behaving in a truthful way might not be the most truthful reason. So it's like so you have this sort of separation of behavioural truth and like what the actual yeah. truth of the situation is. If a batsman at a baseball game or whatever is like you know has this superstition of a certain way he you know throws the bat and it hits the ball and it, yeah, it, it yeah. works every single time it doesn't matter if the way in which he is managing to do this is not truthful about the way he feels about the world if he's like inventing some fantasy in which in which like you know he believes that like a spirit is embodying him and he feels this and it like you know hits the ball and that helps him to go the, you know that's not true that's not what's actually happening but the, the output behaviour if yeah. the result is actually more truthful in the sense that the ball flies more true um, what what you've ended up seeing is that the output is more truthful, even though the underlying fact of it is not. Yes. So you see this you see this 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 disassociation between like the output behaviour being more truthful than the actual underlying fact. Um, and if you, if you apply this to stuff like you know when we see stuff like neural networks and whatever, where where what they're essentially doing is they're not they're not mapping one to one. Sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. This is I think it's always it's quite interesting in the sense that like if you look at like a traditional chess engine and the way that a traditional chess engine is like literally looking as many perfect moves ahead as it possibly can, it's going well. This is I've looked at this many. This is the perfect thing to do now. Trees. This behaviour that it, it now does next is based on the logical you know. Um, computation of what is the optimal way to behave in a certain scenario. Unfortunately, the world is too far too complicated to ever do that. You can never be like a chess engine. You can't one-to-one map an input with an output. You can't look at a complex moral dilemma and one-to-one have an output because the situation so branches so complexly that it's impossible. So what, what have we seen with stuff like neural networks? What, what's ended up happening is they, they sort of almost invent these heuristics for how they figure out for things to work through behaviour first. So what they're doing is they, they're testing things, they're doing things, and if the behaviour works, if the behaviour gets a truthful output, then that is a more truthful behaviour in, in the way that it is being developed than if it just you know tries to brute force think further ahead. And this um, then you start seeing this weird like detachment from 
um, trying to figure out the most logical, rational, you know, the most mathematical way of possibly finding through a scenario versus just trial and error, trial and error, trial and error. Okay, well, this idea or concept works, this heuristic works. The batsman really does think that there's a spirit embodying him and he starts telling his friends and their friends start seeing the behaviour. You know, they start also embodying this weird spirit thing or whatever their idea is about how they have... And that helps them and suddenly the behaviour... And it's like what you realise is like, well, that's, you know, what they're doing is not truthful, but at the same time, there is some weird thing going on where there is something that's been, there's some deeper truth that's been discovered, but the complexity of it is too much that you, you end up having to come up with a heuristic to try and explain the behaviour. Yeah. Um, and it, the behaviour ends up becoming more truthful than the underlying um, idea. Um, to, to, yeah, to, to end that tangent, anyway, for what you're saying. Yeah, and that was, that was one of the, that kind of thinking about belief and superstition is what really um, dealt a blow to my very, very critical kind of atheism that I used to have. And yeah, those those kind of questions about uh, about belief are really interesting. How are you aligned now, if you don't mind me asking? Um, I'm still an atheist, but I, I, I'm not critical of religion. I'm critical of fundamentalist religion, where the metaphysics takes over the ethical beliefs. Um, right. But where, where where the metaphysics is window dressing or or just something very complicated and deeper, that's that's a kind of different question. I don't agree with it, but I I realise that I can't criticise it from in the way that we're now criticising pseudoscience. We can't criticise it on a scientific level because it's not trying to be science. It's more a kind of poetry and collected knowledge, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I had an anecdote. Um, somebody I know works in a hair salon and. They, they cut your hair for a start. <laughs> you, oh, you wouldn't have for fucking ages. Yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't <laughs> <have> <laughs> clearly. Like. Stay at that barn. Yeah, fucking hell. Um, yeah, and and they've um, this hair salon's rented out a room to a rakist, um, oh. and she, I mean, in the in the in the salon, all she offers is uh, crystal. All she offers is crystal sound activation. And yeah, and um, uh, hey, look, don't fuck crystals. Massages and Reiki. See, ma- massage is like a fucking art form. But this is the thing; she she is a qualified masseuse. Fair. But the Reiki and the and the um, the crystal sound activation obviously have no basis or anything. And there's things like hair salons, and I, I used to work in an old people's home, and there was there were cards being left everywhere. For rakeists, rakeists, and uh, I'm just going to call them rakeists. Now. This is stuck now. Practitioners of reiki. It's because you get across your negative feeling towards them about oh, them. I just, I, I mean, you know that they're just stealing. These kinds of places, like, so people don't just go to hair salons for haircuts. They are, yeah, they're a, they're a, a big centre of the community, Happy and ending. it's where it's where gossip happens, and it's where you f- can often find a lot of. I mean, th- these kind of practices, especially she's also a medium on the side, and I. I <laughs> she, oh, she is. These, these things are linked. She has cards, and and you know these cards. You've got to play the field. These cards yeah. hint to higher to, to other practices. So, and I think they they always tar- seem to target. There's always money involved, and they always target the the grieving, the elderly, and the but ignorant. Those who are searching oh, for meaning after loss or loneliness yeah. or whatever. Well, she offers. People. She offers um, the ability. I, uh, when when I worked in that old people's home and I saw like Reiki and stuff, because there are people. This is not just an old people's home. It was a, a old people's home for the mentally ill. No. That's where you keep your whatever nonsense you happen to believe. You keep that to yourself. You don't target people that don't, don't know any better. You don't charge them over the odds to pretend to fix a problem they might have. I, I actually ripped up the cards and I it's threw a, them in the bin. Yeah, it's a bit of a mess. It's not really. Yeah, and these, um, so these these medium uh, ship things she does. I mean, it's it's like thirty pound a session, and it's it's obviously it's going to be more sessions and for like an hour. Yeah, uh, forty minutes, I think. And, it, and she oh, just, geez. or maybe even half an hour. And she, she, she promises to speak to loved ones. I guess, oh, you know, and, and, and to con- contact. Great. She's always like, I've had these powers since I was little. Well, if you had powers, why aren't you working for the government? Why aren't you doing anything with them? Other than... Yeah, why aren't you talking to... Why aren't you throwing questions back to Isaac Newton? It doesn't work like that. The energies won't let me... But then she also believes in the... Um... Isaac Newton wouldn't talk to girls either. 
Yeah, she also believes in. Um, That's where his power came from. His massive brain. Supreme acceleration. He had, <laughs> he had blue balls and like blue veins and giant, <laughs> giant frontal lobe. The Galactic Federation. Yeah, literally though. No, no, no. no this this no, woman, power works. This woman thinks she can talk to the Galactic Federation. Oh, dude. I've seen. Well, Star Trek. A Galactic Federation or the Galactic Federation <laughs> oh, the, from, from the Star Wars. So, one, so, so she, she just decided, she's, decided, she's not only like rinsed the widows and the mentally ill, vulnerable old, but she's now going after the fucking lonely virgin angle as well. Yeah, and I, 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 I'll bring you closer to Worf. I don't, I don't, I really, really don't want to come across as mean. But go on. No, I, I, that, that was on. I, I mean, no, I, I just because one of the things I wanted to talk about was the ethics of kind of I think that, I think challenging that, these beliefs. Yeah, I think so, that if you're doing that, it's generally fucking horrible. You know what you're doing. Yeah. Well, does she? Probably. I don't want to say she's mentally ill, but um, that it's that really, can be one cause of why delusional. some people might practice this. And, and you've also got to remember, it's like some people, and it's you know not maybe some people will actually be getting more. Actually, some happiness from this, or getting of some. Co- of course, yeah. And then, you know, that is a bit of a weird moral dilemma with it. Like, how much is it abusive, and how much is it again that sort of weird placebo effect of them thinking that something real is going on, and it actually gives them some form of fulfilment or happiness? Well, so um, then, do it for free. Don't do yeah. it for thirty pounds an hour. Yeah. As, well, as, soon, as soon as you're charging, it's oh, oh, I, oh, maybe not free. Do it for like less than thirty pounds an hour. There's also like, no guarantees like, with the way it works. Price. She says, I can't actually. Yeah, it's not. It's she she says it's not an exact science. It's not. It's not a science. It's a pseudoscience. If I run the other end of this, the first thing I do is get her to try and tell me something that only like my loved one who passed away or whatever would know. Some kind of thing like that, just to prove it to me that it's legit. Hmm. And I imagine she'd have some kind of excuse lined up. But I don't. I or don't she's know. or she's incredibly good at reading people because there are magicians and things that can that's true. That can extract things like oh, that from yeah, you. Definitely. No, it's true. And and they and they're the first to admit that this is a secular practice. This isn't this isn't found in any kind of superstition. They're they're just reading you. They're just using psychological tricks and, and finding things out. And maybe mentalists. Yeah, maybe she has yeah. that. Have you seen like a load of like these mentalists who can like they can like read what you're thinking with like twitches and like movements and stuff. Yeah, well um, cool. who's the who's the famous musician uh, magician? Darren Brown. Darren Brown, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the mentalist, yeah. calls himself a mentalist, yeah, an illusionist mm. or whatever. There's another guy called, um, oh, fuck, I can't remember, it's like, Bergerac or something. Like, he named himself after, after, like, a, after, like, a detective on a Polish TV show. <laughs> and he was on the Roe Jogan podcast and he was talking about how he just, um... Just he, the Roe Jogan? Yeah, dude. Yeah, um, yeah Red Pill. Uh, he was talking about how he, he managed to con his way into, like, working for the government. And they had this guy who was like, he used to work for the BBC. And like, halfway through one shoot, one day he just went, ah! <laughs> he looked at it, like this massive wet patch of his trousers. And they said, he said that he had a demonic ejaculation. So this guy was talking about how he used to work for like a government. And then like, he's right. just talking about it. And then like, this guy's telling stories like, oh yeah, and then like one day, like, um, one day he just had a hard and he's like spunked over and then he started screaming about how he had a demonic ejaculation and then Joe Rogan was like whoa 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 whoa, whoa, whoa back down <laughs> let's go over this story again so there are some like crazy fucking people out there who believe in this stuff and will just like pay loads two of words money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here in the <laughs> demonic ejaculation <laughs> yeah it's good it's how do we good. get here yeah but I, I think as well going back to the, the, the flat earth and why people believe this I think it gives them a sense of Meaning, and I think it, it, when it comes to the mediums and things, to know your place in a higher order of things, and to just to be acquainted with that higher order. That's why I've always found this this idea of humility in Christianity very strange. Because I mean, sure, the lessons are teach humility to a staggering extent, but also, you know, you're given a divine purpose. That's not in the and besides, you, you, and you know the nature of everything. You know that there's a God, that he's not just, that he, he is a God, you know, you know, it's gendered, <clears throat> there's, it's singular, it's not, it's not a, a pantheon, so, yeah. it's not polytheism, it's, it's the Abrahamic God of all gods, it's an interventionist God, it's, it's not a, a kind of God that sits back and doesn't, you know, like deism, 
and that it's not just the Abrahamic God, but it's the Christian God, and it's not just the Christian God, but it's your denomination of Christianity, and then you might even have that kind of, that sense of, I know better than you, with people in your church. So you pin it down that much, and it's like, how humble is that? Not very. For you to think you know all of that, that's not very humble at all because you see that there's like a ladder and you're trying to by knowing more climb above the ladder yeah, so like yeah. you're saying that if there's someone who knows more about so I guess what you're trying to say is like if you have like if you know more about the bible than someone else you're, all you're doing is dragging yourself up that ladder so you're not being humble yeah like the thing about having a sense of purpose is a really strong driver for believing in all kinds of deities and stuff because like if you think about it like why we're here in our existence <laughs> go down that rabbit hole for a bit it starts to get pretty unnerving like it'd be really yeah, nice just to have an ex- explanation in a book that explains yeah, everything and, and that's I don't challenge. think you necessarily should buy into all of that at once mm. I think you should approach it judgmentally and a lot of Christians and other religions do they, yeah. they don't cherry pick but they analyse and think okay that sounds more legit than that and they draw their own conclusions which is good but I think if you, scepticism, yeah. if you jump into mm. it blindly and this, this goes with I might be making a bit of a stretch here, but for example, politics, like you say you're on the left or you're on the right, but it's very much a spectrum. Like people seem to just yeah. fall into this and we're seeing it a lot, obviously in the current political climate with the Democrats and Republicans. Yeah, people want to belong it's somewhere. Like, yeah, but you, yeah. because you yeah, believe in this right. thing, you don't have to believe in everything they believe in. You can choose, you can, you have your own mind. Like people, yeah. humans can think, why don't you use that? But yeah. No, because when you start thinking, like you're saying thinking is hard and then when you start yeah. thinking, you it's find out things about yourself. And it's yeah. it's like, like yeah, exactly. It's like a comfort thing. You go, oh God, I don't want to think. I just want to know that I have purpose. I want to know that I have meaning and just live on that. And then I'll get really religious when I get older. It's one, you one, of, the, it's one of the most amazing things about humans. I think is that we can we have like almost no other animal has that capacity to, to actually think and draw their own conclusions and you know be self aware outside their own existence. Yeah, I think it's just such a shame that people basically just squander that. Yeah, well, that's the challenge of atheism, and that's probably why I was more militant in my atheism to begin with, because I kind of retreated into this very um, self-assured kind of atheism, because I wasn't ready to accept that there's a big fucking void of open questions. These questions aren't closed. They, they will continue to go on forever and ever. People will have to sit down like this and talk on every topic forever, and... It's, it's a continuing conversation. E- ethics is a continuing conversation. There is no right and wrong. And a, yeah. a lot of the time... well, Potentially it could but, be, but we have no fucking idea at the moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I mean, I'd like, I, I would, I would love it if ethics was set, but, you know. So, with mediumship, a lot of the times they invoke ideas of the light and the dark, and... There's some some mad. Uh, they want to moralise. Star Wars. They want to. No, the, what's the what's the they're called? Um, fuck that. The young thing archetypes, the mad archetypes, yes, isn't it? Yes. It's just like good, evil, yin yang, all that shit, all the chaos. Yeah, I think they want to believe in this this, this binary sense because that is that is gone. It's easy in this, fuck in this well. postmodern world. That really is gone. Well, it, I, I think I think a lot of this stuff boils down to I, I think there's some to some degree an innate framework in human beings to gravitate towards homogeneity in certain systems and I, I think that likely has an advantage um, in some sense that you can't have um, you can't evolve a species that is constantly entirely sceptical of everything constantly around them you have to have to a certain degree people who just accept the status quo and accept yeah. the and also want to gravitate towards a certain homogeneity within the way they the things they believe and the things they do because otherwise you have you can't build societies you have to have a certain to a certain degree you have to have this innate homogeneity built into people um because if everyone's constantly questioning the the things they do and not and you know behaving in their own completely individualistic way at least traditionally when we're talking about like evolutionary history you end up with yeah. with literally no 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 ability to actually create a more optimal cultural system um and you know, and I think that is I think that's definitely a factor in this, is that it is it is an innate aspect of most people that unfortunately I think we have to become sort of meta aware of the fact that um, you do tend to want to gravitate towards a homogeneity with in the in, in your culture, in the way you think, and the way that and that's not innately a bad thing. It's innately an, an no, advantageous thing. thing. Yeah. It can be a very advantageous yeah, thing to fit in. Need to be aware. Um, because well the other thing to remember is like 
a you know imperfect cultural system where everyone is following the rules and everyone is doing it is far superior to to a perfect cultural system where nobody is following the rules and everyone's doing what the hell they want. Yeah, you're, it's you're, like, you're saying it's superior, but in terms of what? In terms of its evolutionary advantage. So it's like so I'm thinking in terms of how these things would have developed in the first place and how humans have become built to want to gravitate towards. Sure, so, so you mean like evolutionary, like just no, we are still like that, like like, like making more. Yeah, so, it's, so it's, that, that's, it's, that's like that's yeah. that's like the like when I think evolution, I think of make more. It's not like making, survive. Yeah, yeah it's, we're, we're, it's not. Like, it's not like survive is like that's fine. You, you could die as long as you have like six kids. So it's like when I think evolutionary, it's like you're just trying to spread. You're not. You, you don't care about. So it's like when they had like the uh, the cultural revolution when people started farming. It was good for evolution. People's like quality of arguably whatever sapiens or that shit, uh, or arguably some quality of life went down. But then it helped because it spread more. We're just saying that that's um, that's a truth that we need to come to terms. Well, I think we're not saying yeah, it's yeah. good or bad. Well, I'm, what I'm saying is it's there innate, is very yeah. likely a yeah a big aspect okay, yeah, towards yeah. human nature which is innately homo- wants to be homogenous in to a certain extent, and not everyone is going to have people who are more individualist. Every tribe is going to have a you know, the individuals who want to question the system. And that you have to have a certain percentage of people who do because that helps create a more healthy system. But the problem is if everyone is doing that and everyone is not tribal at all, you have no cooperation. So, you, so this is the problem. Is I, I think from, purely from an evolutionary standpoint, I think part of the reason why we, we're, we've inherited this, this sort of very tribal mentality is from the fact that it does have an evolutionary advantage to a certain extent. It's, it's, yeah, it becomes really difficult to try and figure out exactly what, where the puzzle piece of these, of these different aspects of how we behave and how we decide to behave and, and cooperation. And, you know, you can bring game theory into it in the way in which we do behave in societies is actually, you know, rationally self-interested to a certain extent. It's like you can bring in all these different sort of models to try and explain it but at the end of the day unfortunately people are also on top of that just very very complicated so purely using evolutionary systems like I was just doing to explain entirely the behaviour in which we're being tribal not tribal is not a valid way of analysing it it's one way of analysing that could potentially have you know um, a bearing in how we start viewing why a lot of the a lot of these things spring up and a lot of the way we to arrange ourselves seemingly irrationally uh, because they could have had rational reasons for, for why from a different perspective, whether that's game theory, whether that's evolutionary biology, whether that's just a purely rational reason, whatever it is. Um, it's like that geezer who, um, like, uh, who's the guy who discovered Brownie in motion? Probably someone, someone brown. <laughs> but, um, and he talks about how like, um, there's, like, there's like a general moving of gas, isn't there? It's a general moving of gas, but every right. single particle in there is like bubbling around its own thing. And that's how people think, that's how society evolves, that's how things right. move. So you think you're making individual choices, you think that you're not playing into the game, you think you're being outside of the, uh, outside of the meta looking in, you think you understand what's going on, but you're still moving within the flux of that yeah, gas Yeah, you're gas an eddy plant. current in the... Yeah, no, no matter how much, no matter how sceptical you are, because it's like when you, you're talking about people who are like challenging and uh, being a bit sceptical things, They'll just meet other people who are sceptical and challenging, and then they form homogenous groups of sceptical, challenging yeah. people. That often happens. So it's yeah. just like that. That's that's just how it works. You, I think people are just looking for people who are similar to themselves. No, you've got to be, you be even more sceptical. You're going to be the even only, more the only person in the world who believes what you believe. And then if you convince someone, yeah. you have to stop believing it. You could be like, who's uh, is it Dionysus? Is it, is it Diogenes. 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 Live in a barrel, yeah. Yeah, you've you got to live in a barrel. Absolute legend. Piss on someone. <laughs> should, we, should we pause it a sec? Because uh, I need a piss. <laughs> <laughs>